chasing sanity in an insane world. Well, to that, I'll echo the sentiment and song of our choir, Our God Has Never Lost the Battle. And so we praise him in this place. As we turn our attention to God's word, I invite your attention to the book of Jeremiah. We'll get there in a moment. Book of Jeremiah. If you've been with us, or this is your first time uh, in our series, we're challenging tough topics um, as it relates to our culture and seeking to see what God has to say about what's happening in our world today. We've tackled some subjects, and today we're going to be looking at the sanctity of life. Sanctity of life. No, life. Since 1973, when Roe v. Wade was introduced, lives were at stake. Since that time, there's been over 63 million abortions performed in our country. I understand that's two times the combination of the population of Texas and California put together. And just recently, in June 24th, the Supreme Court has made the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. I'm gonna say that one more time. The Supreme Court has made the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. And so, as we turn our attention to God's word, I have to tell you from the outset, I want you to hear my heart, I'm not trying to be political. I'm looking to be biblical. And so, as we look to God's word, we want to look to what God has to say. Because trends do not equal truth. And so we're seeking God's word for the truth. There in Jeremiah, you'll find our, our launching point, that first chapter. First chapter of Jeremiah, and beginning at the fourth verse. God's word reads, Now the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah says, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Let me read that into our hearing once more. Now the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, God says, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. With the help of the Holy Spirit on this day, as we continue to chase sanity, looking to God's word to answer some of the tough questions that we have in our society, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to look at this text with this thought in our minds, choosing life. Pray with me. The Father, we're here. As your word declared that we ought to assemble ourselves, and that's exactly what we are doing as we seek you. We know that you do all things well, and you've blessed us to be in this setting at this particular time. Now we ask that you would speak to us ever so clearly, that we might hear your word. Speak to us, God, that we might be transformed by your word. 
that your word might uh, be deeply deposited in our hearts that bring forth fruit that gives you glory. Draw us closer to you that those who are under the sound of my voice will hear your love for all mankind and be drawn to you. And those who are far from you, may they be drawn ever so close to you. They might know of your love and your forgiveness in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, there are a lot of things going on in the background. A lot of things that you aren't always privileged to that ha- happens backstage. I mean, you really don't pay attention to anything that is happening backstage until something goes wrong. But backstage, there are those who are working really hard to make sure that the, the volume is set at the right temperature. There are those who are working so hard to make sure the sanctuary is in the right temperature. There are those who work in the background. And every now and then, I ask you to give it up for the media ministry. And so I want to go ahead and do that, give it up for the media ministry. They're working in the background. But again, as I said, Kim, oftentimes they don't get any attention until something goes wrong. Unfortunately, that's how some of us treat our relationship with God, because God is always at work. But sometimes we don't address God until something goes wrong. What I love about the opening of this text with Jeremiah is that God did not keep Jeremiah Scott in the dark. But rather, what God has done was he pulled back the curtain, allows Jeremiah to see backstage, to, to be able to see what happens prior to conception, that God allowed Jeremiah to understand a truth about God. It's right there at the beginning of the fourth verse, because if you read the fourth verse, then you understand how we can achieve sanity in an insane world. It's really right there. Dr. Al, I know you saw it, because the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. He said, it came to me. Let me put a pen right there just for a moment. And if I get too excited in this moment, uh, to all of our guests, just understand, here's my disclaimer. I grew up in the 80s, that was a rap culture, and so if it just flows like a little faster than it used to, just, just, just bear with me for a moment, okay? But here's, here's the reality. God, God, says, God says in his word, Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord came to me. If you're ever seeking truth in this chaotic society, if you're ever trying to find out where I should lean and where I should stand, always go to the Word of God. I'm going to say it one more time so you get it. Always go to the Word of God. He said, the Word of God came to me. And in this crazy world, sometimes I pray, and not sometimes, all the time, I'm praying to God, Lord, let your word come to me. I, with all that I'm hearing, Lottie Dottie and everybody, everybody has an opinion about something. I said Lottie Dottie and everybody, not to offend anybody, because I hope nobody in here is named Lottie <laughs> or Dottie. But everybody, you hear voices all over the place. People are quick to spew their opinions, but opinions won't keep you, but the word of God will. He said the word of God came to me, which means the Word of God filled his cerebral space. The Word of God invaded his intellect. The Word of God got his full attention, and he turned to see what God has to say. I hope that's your testimony right now, that right now you're not caught up in the political vices. Right now you're not letting your mind go to what your defenses might be. Right now you're just focused in, and you want to turn your attention to God. Because Anthony, the Word of God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Prior to conception, 
God says, I knew you. Prior to any human contact or commitment, God says, I already knew you. I'm looking around because now when I look around like that, Greg, I'm checking out the ages that's around me to see that I got to keep this thing G-rated. He says, he says, before your parents ever had an idea about you, the omniscient God says, in your preconception, I knew you which immediately speaks to the personhood of Jeremiah that God is so much God that the reality of your being didn't start when you sensed the reality, but the reality of your being began when God thought of, you're not with me just yet, thought of you. I'm, I'm in Genesis now, Genesis chapter 1, where, where God thinks of man. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish, the sea, over the birds and the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Don't miss this. I really want you to get this, that God thought of you, and that's what brought you in to reality because everything God speaks comes to be. Oh. So I'm not here to debate with anybody. The Word of God is clear that God knows you before anyone else knows about you. Do you see that? Before. Not, not during. Not a few weeks after, but before. Before the positive on the pregnancy test. Before. Now, I don't know, honestly, if there were pregnancy tests back then, but I'm sure that ladies had a way of knowing. <laughs> but he says, I was aware of you, which immediately lets us know that life begins at conception. <laughs> you ain't got to be with me. I'm, I'm standing on good ground here. Uh, that, that's where it begins because God says, I was in this thing before you ever, before your mama, your grandmama, your great-grandma, before they ever knew you. God says, I knew you. Which teaches us that, that human life is valuable to God. All human life is valuable to God. We know that because God made you. And I want you to hear this because he said in Genesis, let us make man, and he said, we'll make him in our own image and in our own likeness, that, that life is God's divine intention. Human life is God's divine intention, which tells me that when it comes to the economy of God, there are no unexpected pregnancies. Uh, I'm just unexpected to you, but God already knew because God creates life. Anything that is living came from God. God creates life, so life is God's divine intention. If you're here, God intended for you to be here. And with everything that you've experienced in your life and you're still here to tell about it, you ought to be able to testify that God has some divine intention in your life. 
that God has been watching over you and that God has been keeping you, and we're grateful for that. But I want you to really understand what I'm trying to impress upon you here is that every life that God allows to come forth is divinely intended. So he says, let us, let us make man. Uh, why, 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 you ask? Because God wants you to live. I hope you get this. God creates life because God wants you to live. God wants you to understand that your life, individually, our lives collectively, are important to God, that God values our lives. He says, before, you, I, form, before I formed you in the womb, I, I knew you. But he didn't stop there. And he says, but before you were born, Hold on. Before you went to the OBGYN, is that what it's called? Uh, you, know, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. The doctor that says, okay, now it's time. Push. Okay, yeah. Um, before, before you were there, all of you, you weren't there. You weren't there, but some of you, you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, before you ever got to that point, God said to Jeremiah, I have already consecrated you. I have selected you. I, 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 have, I have chosen you you. And I want you to hear this as God's message to you. Because when other people fail to choose you, don't want you, walk away from you, God reminds you by the life he's given you that he has chosen you. That when others are not willing to give you value, at least you ought to give yourself value because you realize that of all the things God created, God created you and God wants you to know just how much he he values you. How much he, he loves you. Okay, I'm going to say it this way. Going back to Genesis. Because in Genesis, uh, after that 26th verse where he says we're going to have dominion, right there in the first chapter 27 verse, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Don't miss this. That The Bible says not only are we uh, God's divine intentions, but God created you a certain way. He created you in the Imago Dei. He created you in his own image. You're not with me just yet here. That means when you see anybody walking around, they were created in the image of God. That somewhere God looked at you and he fashioned you with intellect and with morality and he fashioned you you with spirituality. God has placed his image upon you so that everybody you see walks around with the label made by God. Okay, let me say it this way. Um, um, You have a capacity to do what other creations can't do. You do. You have a capacity to to do things that everything else within the creative order isn't able to do. Listen, I have to confess. Can I confess to you, um, to all of our guests? Um, I confess every now and then. I know it's good for, it's good for the, the soul, but it's bad for the reputation, but uh, I'm going to confess. Anyway, uh, um, see, I, ha- I have 10 others in my house that will never come here to worship with me. I do. I do. I have, um, I have other residents who live in my house. And if you ever want to help me, it'll be okay. See, my daughter's in FFA, and she got this thing for rabbits. And... But, but, but truly, all of them live in my house. 
They're all occupying space. And listen, I will tell you what, Earbud, that, that's, that's my puppy at the top, he had to come first. I mean, Abigail is cool and everything, but Earbud had to come first. Um, um, he, he, he's a smart dog. I mean, I put my dog up against your dog any day. I, I'm telling you, my, my dog, my, Drew, my dog is a smart dog. I'm telling you, my dog's so smart that I don't have to say anything. I just make a sign and he'll sit down. He's so smart, I make a sign, he'll lay down. If I, if I look at him, he'll leave the room and go to his bed. He already knows. <laughs> He's a smart dog. But as smart as he is, he is just a dog. As, as intuitive as he may appear to be, he's just, he's just a dog. He can't think about the future of life. He can't think about what eternity is going to be like. He can't build any skyscrapers. He, he, he's just, just a dog. But human life, humanity, there's something distinctively unique about when God created humanity, that he created humanity with his stamp of his image, and it makes us the greatest of value to God. Don't miss this, because we are challenged as the people of God to value what God values. And God values human life. I know he values it because he tells Jeremiah, before you were even born, I had a purpose for you. So first he shows the personhood of Jeremiah, but also shows how his personhood has a purpose, that God doesn't do anything arbitrarily. God has a purpose for every life that, is come, that comes into existence. God has a purpose for it because God is the creator of life, which means that if you're living life, God has a purpose even for you, that your life is not just to be lived aimlessly. Your life is not just to be lived carelessly. No, God has a purpose for your life, and every single being that God allows to come into existence, you can best be sure that God has a purpose for their lives as well. Amen. So we give value to what God gives value. We, we ought to appreciate the image of God, that when you see someone else, they're, they're an image bearer. They're, 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 not, uh, they're, they're not overlooked by God. God loves all people, because Jesus said it this way, for God so loved Oh, you know your Bible, huh? And just as God loved the world, he's calling us to love the world because he says that we should love the Lord our gods with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, and we should love our neighbor as our... I knew you knew it. That we are to love everybody because everybody has a label on them that says they were made by God. I, it's not like my own experience. I got to tell you my own experience. It's not like my own experience because, see, many of you know that I was, um, I, I traveled on a mission trip for o almost a month. You, you know that. I was in Kenya, and then after uh, the mission trip in Kenya, we moved to the mission trip in Colombia, and, and it was there, and God was doing some phenomenal things in Kenya and Colombia. But by the time I got back, Muhammad, it was important for me to spend some time with the family. So spend some time with family, and we decided to go to, uh, to Cozumel, and we're there in Mexico, and just, just doing, up, doing, doing it up as a family, enjoying ourselves. But then I saw something there. I saw something. It was, it was really nice to me. I saw it. It, it, was, it was a hat. It, it was, it was, it was, I had to get it. You know, it was, it was what? what? I'm serious. I, I just had to get it. I mean, it, it was a hat. Nice hat. I mean, really, if you saw it, you would want it. It, it was a nice hat. I, I tilted to the side, and I looked in the mirror. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's it right there. The reason I got it is because I wanted something to remember my time, uh, my time in Mexico. You know, you know so, something that, that would, would cause me to remember that I had a good time there. Here's my souvenir to myself. So I got this hat. I got this hat, Pastor George. By the time I got home, I looked at the hat because I really wanted to remember my time in Mexico. And I looked at the hat and it said, made in China. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you understand that there's no counterfeit human beings, that when God made you, you are made in the image of God. And when you, the way you treat everyone, you ought to evaluate, Chuck, how we treat them because they too are made in the image of God. If you disagree with them, guess what? They're still made in his image. If you don't like the way they live, guess what? They're still made in his image. And he's called the church because the church should be that place where everybody ought to be able to experience the love of God. Because ah, our lives are valuable to God. Some of y'all still stuck there. It's okay. It's all right. And, and God has given us life by his divine intention. We know that because he tells Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. Before you were in the womb, I knew you. And then he says, before you were born, I consecrated you. I, I set you apart. Similar to what we read in David's psalm. In David's psalm in 139, David writes in that 13th verse that God, he says, for you, for, for God formed my inward parts. He says, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made that my soul knows very well. Look at the text. He says, it's God who knitted us together. It's God who put everything about you together. God knew exactly how he was going to create your pokertudiness. Okay, let me help you for a moment. God knows how wide he was going to make you and how thin he was going to make you. God knows what color your hair was going to be, if it's straight or curly. God knows. Uh, God, God picked it out. God chose it. God chose you. I'm speaking to somebody right now because there's somebody here you've been looking down on yourself because you don't realize that what you are is God's perfect, unique design, that he didn't make you like anybody else. In fact, the truth is that even at 10 weeks old, even babies at 10 weeks old still in gestation have fingerprints. God is so meticulous that they have their own fingerprints. Come here. I'm trying to help you understand something. When you look in the mirror, you ought to understand that you were made by God, created by God with a purpose from God, that you are not just anybody. You're not to look down on yourself or anyone else. You have to understand that God knew what he was doing when he created you. Help me preach for a moment. Just turn to somebody and say, God knew what he was doing when he created me. Yeah, yeah, God, God wants you. And God knows what he's doing when he creates life. And it's important that we never go against God's will for life. And that's why God has blessed that, that we have, you, you know, on June 24th is when they overturned Roe versus Wade. Um, and as a result of it, uh, we began to, to raise a fund called, called 624, our 624 initiative that goes to giving healthy alternatives to mothers who are not in position to care for their kids. It gives healthy alternatives for them where we support foster care and adoption care where, where kids are able to be able to go into loving homes with loving loving families, and know that God wanted them to be here. No matter what the context was for conception, God desired for them to be here. 
Not only do we have um, six, our 624 initiative, but we have CareNet, CareNet Pregnancy Center that we, the church, we support. In fact, we have a representative from CareNet outside because many of us, I hope, will be convicted and challenged enough to sign up as a volunteer. Because what CareNet does, again, is offer not only prenatal care for, for um, mothers who are, who are coming with child, but CareNet offers a support for them in the pregnancy center so they can have a viable alternative to abortion. But hold on, not just that, but CareNet also provides post-abortion care, which means if you were hurt by abortion, there are those who are willing to help you heal. Um, and then there's H3, and I love H3. H3 is a hotline. It's a hotline for those of us those of you who might be um, having questions and you've been struggling with, with, with guilt and with burdens because of choices that were made, you can call that hotline. And don't get me wrong here, because I'm not trying to just point out any, just one particular sin, but yeah, abortion is sin. Abortion is sin. Infanticide is sin. Homicide is sin. Uh, suicide uh, is sin. We, God, God, we shouldn't take life at all. And yet God has called us to protect life. Okay, James, James said it this way, that if you want true religion, true religion is taking care of the orphans and the widows. We ought to take care of the most vulnerable of our society. God has called us to do just that, to take care of our society. Why? Because life is designed in God's image. But thirdly, what we look at in the text is that God says, and I appointed you a prophet Jeremiah chapter, five, chapter 1, verse 5. It says, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Look at this. God says, not only did I know you before you were ever conceived, not only did I consecrate you once you were conceived, and I sanctified you, I, I set you aside, I, I made you holy. He says, but, but I, also, I also wanted you to be appointed a prophet. <laughs> this is all before Jeremiah even cries his first cry out of the womb that God has a plan for him. And when he, what he's telling Jeremiah at this point in Jeremiah's life is that he has a plan for Jeremiah to go out to Judea and let them know that they ought to repent because God was watching the culture that was once for him turn away from him. So he calls a prophet to come to help people know that when you turn away from God, the only right solution is for you to repent and turn back to God. And our nation is similar to the nation that's here in the text that they turned away from God. And it takes the church to shine a light to let everybody know, listen, we serve a living God, a living God who is willing to love you, and his love covers a multitude of sins. So don't allow your sin or anything else to keep you away from him because God's love is bigger than anything you could have done and anything you've ever been through. And so I tell you, I leave you with this, that we, we live life best. Life is best lived under, under God's instructions. He's instructing Jeremiah. He's telling him what he's called him to do, which is to speak the truth to the nations. And when you go to God, God will instruct you, and he will tell you what he has called and purpose for you to do. Because everybody who is living has a purpose on their lives. And God wants you to realize your purpose. Realize it only through your relationship with him. Because God is the only one I know that won't hold all your stuff against you. But rather, he'll, he'll welcome you. And particularly if, if you've been 
You've been hurt by abortion. Listen, my, my role, my job is not to, to badger you or to batter you. I, I can't do that because the truth is all of us in here came with some issues. Like, okay, you don't have to say anything. I, I brought Bible with me. He said the wages of sin is dead. And he said all have sinned and fallen short. Of, did he say all? Yeah, all means all. That means you too. You involved in this thing too. Um, so we dare not turn our nose down at somebody because of their particular sin. But if indeed that is your sin, we serve a God who can help lift the guilt of your sin. Amen. We serve a God who can help lift the burden that's been weighing you down. And when you come into the body of Christ, what you come into is the reality of God's love, where you see people, because of God's command, who are willing to love you no matter what you've been through. Because we're all reminded that that's how God loves us. That God didn't push us away when we came to him. God didn't turn us away. In fact, he loved us enough to do something about, about our sins. That he gave his life that we might live. See, God took on flesh and became human Jesus Christ, our Savior, and because the ways of sin is death, he, he loved us enough to, to get on Calvary's cross and, and die for our sins. That's, that's all of our sins. That if you call on the name of Jesus, the Bible says that you shall be saved. It, it doesn't matter what others might know about you. God knows everything there is to know about you. In fact, God knows stuff about you that you don't even know yet. And he loves you. Because the word of God said that God demonstrated his love toward us. He, he commended his love toward us. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. If you could stand all over the building. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.